Hymn Stories, a podcast about how our songs of the faith came to be and how they've encouraged, comforted, and strengthened believers like you and me. Hymn Stories is a part of the Media Gratia Podcast Network. My name is Ryan Bush. If you've been a part of a church for very long, it's likely that you've found yourself singing the words, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, no turning back. At the end of a service, as the pastor invites anxious hearts to come forward to make a profession of faith. We should be careful about what songs we sing and why. Let's consider the use of this song from two perspectives, historical and theological. Let's start with the theological. The scriptures are clear that all people have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Romans 3, 10-18 If we were to hold our lives up against the Ten Commandments, we would discover without much trouble that we are guilty of breaking God's law. Not only were we born with a sinful nature, but we willfully choose to sin ever since we knew right from wrong. Not only will that sin lead to eternal death, but it has already resulted in a spiritual death. We were dead in our trespasses and... You were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Ephesians 2 and Colossians 3. A sin-dead soul can no more decide to follow Jesus than a corpse can decide to stand up and walk. No, something must act upon it from the outside. God must intervene. Think of it like this. If you were in the ocean swimming and you were swept under, and water filled your lungs, and the life went out of your body. All of a sudden, someone grabs you by the wrist and drags you out quickly and puts you on the sand and pumps the water out of your stomach and performs mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, pressing down on your chest, causing your heart to beat again. All of a sudden, you take a breath. You're alive. Now imagine you're telling that story later, and someone asks you, what happened? You would never tell the story saying, well, I was swept under the waves and my life went out of me and then I took a breath. 
you're leaving out the most wonderful, important part of that story. Someone intervened. You were dead. There was no hope for you. But someone saved your life. The problem with singing, I have decided to follow Jesus, in the context of a lost person being born again, is that it may encourage an unbiblical and dangerous idea. It's the idea that a lost person can essentially save himself because he can make a decision. But nothing could be farther from the truth. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized, and her household as well. If the Lord does not open the heart, if the Lord does not intervene, then we are hopeless. But what about the historical perspective? What was the original intention of this hymn? What did the author mean? To figure that out, we need to go to Wells, then to America, and finally to India. Wells has experienced various revivals throughout its history. In 1850, many Welsh felt a great desire for another revival in their land. Many called out to God privately and in family worship and in congregational services for a new awakening of power. Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Psalm 85.6 Revival came in 1859 and the effects of it spread to America soon after. As many hearts in Wells and the United States were awakened to the glory of God and the goodness of His grace, many of these Christians went to foreign lands to spread the gospel. One nameless American Baptist believer ended up in northeast India to herald the good news of Christ. The region was comprised of hundreds of tribes. Many of these were quite primitive. Some were even aggressive headhunters. The missionary had the privilege of leading a man, his wife, and their two children to Christ. Through this family's testimony, many in the village began to look to Christ for salvation. In the meantime, the village chief grew angry at this sudden turn of events. He felt that the foreigner's religion had no place among his people, and he aimed to put a stop to it. So, he summoned all the families of the village together. Then, he singled out the family that first accepted Christ and he told them to step forward. He said, You have two choices, renounce Christianity or die. Moved by the Holy Spirit, the man said, I have decided to follow Jesus. The chief became enraged at the man's response. He signaled to the archers who were at the ready, and they fired filling up the bodies of the man's two children with arrows. 
As they lay bleeding and crying on the floor, the chief asked, Will you deny this belief in Christ? You have lost your children. Will you lose your wife also? The man replied, Though no one joins me, still I will follow. The chief was beside himself with rage and ordered the wife to be arrowed down. Soon she joined her children in death. The chief said, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live. The man looked at the chief and said, The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. He was shot with arrows and went to be with the Lord and his family. With their deaths, a miracle took place. The chief was shaken by what had happened, and the Lord opened his heart, just like Lydia's, right then and there. He thought to himself, Why should this man, his wife, and his two children die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent 2,000 years ago? There must be some remarkable power behind the family's faith, and I too want to taste that faith. Then, in a spontaneous confession of faith, the chief declared out loud, I too belong to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine being in the crowd that day and hearing those words coming out of the man's mouth who had just martyred four of the Lord's children? It's reported that many, if not all, turned to Christ with faith and repentance in the crowd that day. As the story of this miraculous event spread, an Indian missionary, Sadhu Sundar Singh, took the final words of this faithful, humble man and wrote the hymn, I have decided to follow Jesus. The intention of the hymn better suits it for times of great trial and tribulation for God's people. When the people of God are buffeted by the persecutions of the world for their faith, this song may gloriously ring from their lips, even in the face of death. Thank you for joining me in this episode of Hymn Stories. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you sing and make melody in your heart to Him.